This is a podcast where you don't have to be perfect. You can be happy. Make your day count. Encouraging, uplifting, full of joy. You're worth more than you think. This is Entirely Unconventional, and I'm Lindsay Roberts. I pray for something miraculous to happen to you today. Hi, everybody. This is Lindsay Roberts. I'm so glad you joined me today. It is time for us to be thinking unconventionally, I believe. I believe unconventional thinking gets us out of ruts. And you know what? If we have been put in a rut by the the cares of the day, the societies of the world, how about being a little tiny bit unconventional and going straight to the word of God and seeing what God has? The reason I call this entirely unconventional, because to me, the word of God is entirely unconventional. When you see Jesus spitting in a man's eye, so to speak, he spits, he puts, uh, he spits on the ground, makes mud out of the out of the clay, sticks it in a man's eyes, the man's healed. That's unconventional. When he goes and begins to speak to a crowd of over 5,000 and he tells his disciples to feed these people because they're hungry and he wasn't done preaching and they weren't finished. I mean, it's pretty unconventional to think that in, I don't know, an area outside of town, there's no McDonald's. And even if there was, they're going to order 5,000 Big Macs. I mean, let's be reasonable. Feed these people with what? Five loaves, two fishes. That's entirely unconventional. But an unconventional word says this in Deuteronomy, I'll make you a thousand times more. So you see, the word of God may be unconventional, but when the unconventional word of God hits the power and presence of God, I believe that unconventional word of God can have a wonderful, miraculous outcome. He fed people with five loaves, two fishes, fed 5,000 plus, and what? Had 12 baskets left over. First of all, how'd that happen? Second of all, where'd those baskets come from? Third of all, where'd they go to? I mean, when you think about the Bible, it's unconventional. But you know, Satan coming to steal, to kill, and to destroy is unpleasant. And we can replace unpleasant according to God's word with the unconventional power and presence of God and see what happens. Satan, the Bible says, goes around seeking, looking around, checking whom he may devour. But if you look at Malachi, it said, I'll rebuke the devourer for your sake. Satan comes seeking whom he may devour. But God said in Malachi, Malachi chapter three, I will rebuke It means stop it, that's enough, the devourer for your sake. I wrote a book called Discover Your True Worth. And the premise of that book, the reason for writing that book was real simple. It was very, very simple. People can discover they're broke. They can discover uh, a marriage breaking up. They can discover they have a sickness or disease. They can discover they don't know how to drive. They can discover they have... um, What do they call that when you unclaim property? They can discover a lot of things, but I want people to discover not your worth because today you could be worth 50 cents and tomorrow 30 cents, but your true worth, your true worth is your authentic, genuine worth. According to the word of God is how I wrote the book. Discover means to find something or someone unexpectedly or in the course of a search. Let's just use the something, to find something unexpectedly or in the course of a search. What would you like God to have placed in you that you can discover about yourself in any aspect? And if God placed it there for good, imagine, discover, what would the outcome be? Your 
belonging or associated to the person that the speaker is addressing. I am, dis- I am addressing you. What is your true worth? Have you ever thought about that? Have you ever thought about, well, I might be pretty smart. Well, I'm not very smart. Well, I have a high IQ. Well, I don't know my IQ. What's your worth to God? True means authentic, real and actual. Worth. Okay, here we go. Deserving to be treated or regarded in the way specified. I want to read that again because I would like you to focus as best you can on what I'm about to say. Your true worth, what you are deserving to be treated or regarded in a unique, in a specific, specified way. You may think that because I didn't get straight A's in school, I'm not worth much educationally. You may think because, let's say it this way, because you've had a divorce, I'm not, I'm not worth much in the marriage field. Or say you've had a bankruptcy, I'm not worth much in the financial realm. Or say you make um, a little less money than your neighbor, and so your house is a little bit different than the others in the neighborhood. So you feel like your house isn't worth much. Or you may think, um, my kids are not the smartest kids in school. Have you ever gotten those letters, which to be honest with you, in many ways, I think they're real cute and I love to do them. Never sent them out, but my mother-in-law was really cute. Evelyn Roberts would send me the funniest letters at Christmas. And it would be kind of like the, the recap of the year. Only Evelyn had a humor about her that was so unique and so special, but you had to know Evelyn to know how funny those letters were. And she would talk about some of the different things that happened throughout the year. And I just, I have to tell you, it wasn't about how grand she was. Now, this is a woman whose husband was Oral Roberts. It wasn't about all these grand accomplishments, although together they accomplished a lot. But it was just cute about things that were valuable enough to her to repeat in a Christmas letter. Things like good health and things like what they were praying about and things that made them laugh and things that their, their wedding anniversary, they were actually married on Christmas And so throughout the years, some of the things that had happened on Christmas and how important it was to her that because of the Christmas day that they got married, how life changed for so many reasons and how together they were able to be used of God. That, my friend, is a woman who knows her true worth. Wow. I've also gotten Christmas letters that I just wanted to throw in the trash. Because, okay, so my kids didn't get that award. Or, okay, so my house didn't get that. Or, okay, so I didn't do all that you did. Or, okay, whatever. And in so many ways, I think those letters are to make you giggle and feel good about that person's life. But sometimes it makes you feel good about your life. But it can also make you feel inadequate or not as valuable about your own life or your own kids or your own house or your own duck or your own dog or your own whatever. You see, the way I look at it is, what is your worth to God? That's your true worth. Now, I could have a dollar bill and then go out and buy myself a cup of coffee and come home 
with less financials than I had before I got the coffee. And so my worth went down. My net worth might have gone down because instead of having a dollar, I now have 27 cents. Or I could understand that my financials may go up or down. Things may happen here and there, but my true worth is what is built on the inside of me, that innate stuff that God miraculously poured in the inner part of my soul that makes me of God little children. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. You are of God little children. John 10, 10, Jesus said, in this world you'll have tribulation. Does that make him any less valuable that he came to the earth because in the world you have tribulation? He said, but be of good cheer, I've overcome the world. Like I said, 1 John 4, 4, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. I'm of God, little children. Now, I might not always manifest everything perfect the way God wants me to manifest it. And other days, I might be kind of very good. I might, hey, my Bible memorization might be kind of like spe- really special that day. My Scrabble game. Yes, I've started playing Scrabble when I was four years old. I wanted to learn the dictionary and would sit in my bed with a dictionary that I could barely read, but I could read a little bit with a flashlight in my hand, trying to learn words. Why? Because I wanted to play Scrabble. And now here I am all these long years later, I'm still playing Scrabble and I still like to do words. I love word games. I love word challenges. I love word of the day. But you know what? Someday my Scrabble game might just be miraculous and some days it might just be off. It doesn't make me any less of a human. It might make me a different Scrabble player, but it doesn't make my worth to God any less. Situational worth is the way you look at things of, oh, today I did this, today I didn't do this. But what are you worth to God? Discover, find something or someone unexpectedly or in the course of a search. I want you to search your heart by praying and asking God, what is your worth to him? And I want you to discover that you're fearfully and wonderfully made. You are of God, little children. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And I pray you really, really, really discover something that I think has made an impact on me more than perhaps anything in the entire Bible. Genesis 1, in the beginning, God created the world, the heavens, the earth, and all of the stuff in it. Okay, think about this. On the first day, God created something. On the second day, he created something. Third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh day, he rested. So on the first, second, third, fourth, and fifth day, he created something. And on the sixth day, he created man, and then he rested. I want you to look at the progression of that. God made sure that anything his creation, Adam, would ever need was already in place before he brought Adam into the garden. God placed provision for us. He put all the gold and silver in the earth. God did so many things, and he said to us, now subdue it. It means take dominion over it. God put the fish in the air, the fowl in the sea. God did this, God did that. God did provision for us. Anything we have already needed, he has already provided. All all I have needed, thy hand has provided, is what that song says. All I have need of, the hand of God has already provided. You know, he's not, in my lifetime while I'm sitting here on earth, I don't think he's going to create 
everything all back to scratch. He's not going to start over, hit the reset button. On this earth and in the earth, God's made provision for us. And in that provision, what's here? Anything and everything we have need of. And I want you to understand that the Bible isn't there for somebody else. Although it is there for somebody else, it's also there for you. I want you to see this specific, your, discover your belonging or associated with the person that the speaker is addressing. Well, at this moment, I'm the speaker and I'm addressing you. This is about you and your wonderful, fearfully and wonderfully made worth to God. True, real, accurate worth. Get this, deserving to be treated or regarded in the way specified. God did not create you to be a worm. He created worms to be worms. God did not create you to be a failure. The Bible very clearly says every good and perfect gift comes from the Father above. You are made in the image of God. God did not make himself to be failure to turn around and make you to be a failure. God did not make himself to be sick so he could turn around and make you sick. God did not make himself to be poor so he could turn around and make you poor. The Bible is very, very, very clear. God walks on streets of gold, walls made out of jasper, gates made out of pearl. God wasn't kidding when he created us. And he didn't hit a reset button and say, whoops, I sure messed that one up with Adam and Eve. No, he just kept on going forward. We are his beloved children. I have three daughters, Jordan, Olivia, and Chloe. And in my three daughters, in my precious three daughters, I cannot honestly sit on this podcast and say every one of them is perfect. They're not. Neither am I. Neither is Richard. Neither is anybody I can think of. The only perfect person that ever walked the earth was Jesus. But I'll tell you what, I still love them the same. I, I know you guys know that, well, if you don't, I'll tell you. Um, I had a little chihuahua that lived almost 16 years. Her name was Coco. And everywhere that I could possibly take Coco, on an airplane, in my car, all I had to do is say, want to go bye-bye? And Coco would shoot like grease lightning coming out to wherever it I wherever it was I was going, make circles like a helicopter, and she would get to go with me. Now, I will be perfectly honest with you. There were days I even dressed her up. I put little coats on her if it was cold outside, and she was the cutest thing that ever existed. Coco had a bad habit. Coco would like to run outside because we take her out all the time. I'm going to say it, to do what she needed to do outside, and she faked that she did something, and she's a chihuahua five pound chihuahua. And the next thing you knew, she'd run inside like she was totally done. And then she would mess up the floor repeatedly all the time. Now, as much as I loved Coco, I didn't like that part of her behavior. She wasn't perfect. As perfect as she was in every other way, she wasn't perfect when it came to that. But it didn't make me love her any differently. I loved Coco. I loved my dog. She went to dog heaven a little while ago, and it was really heartbreaking. It was devastating for me. And Coco has been the center of attention for me for 16 years almost. So why did it change just because I loved her, whether she was perfect or not perfect? She liked to bark at all the wrong moments, but it didn't make me love her any less. It made me kind of not like that part of her behavior, but it didn't make me love her any less. You may have messed up in your behavior, but it doesn't mean that God loves you any less. The Bible says there's nothing 
that can separate you from the love of God. Now, sin can separate you from heavenly eternity, but the Bible says nothing can separate you from the love of God. I want you to realize you're fearfully and wonderfully made in the image of God. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. And your worth, your true worth, I want you to discover that your true, real, and actual worth is the price that Jesus Christ paid for you when he went to the cross, for you to have life everlasting, life abundantly, for you to have exceedingly abundantly anything you dare ask or think. In fact, he said above, far above anything you could ask or think. And if you've messed up and you haven't made it right, here's a real simple prayer. Lord, I'm sorry. I ask you to forgive me, cleanse me, and help me not to do it again. In Jesus' name, amen. You see, repenting means that you have turned your way as far as the Bible talks about the east is from the west. God buries our sin as far as the east is from the west, and he remembers them not. So when you try and bring it up to God, he's already forgotten. I want you to know that you are not made to be perfect. That's a robot, and even robots mess up from time to time. But you're made in the image, the imagination of God. And greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. And I pray, I pray, I pray that you know that you know that you know beyond any shadow of a doubt, you're God's creation, you're God's child, and nothing will ever separate. Nothing you do will ever separate you from the love of God. Now, he may need to kind of tweak things a little bit, maybe correct you for your own good a little bit, but it will never separate you from the love of God. As you know, some of the subjects I do on this podcast come from, you know, just ideas I get while, while listening to people or talking to people or when Richard's out in ministry, some of the things that are written or said or whatever. And one of the questions I got said, I recently lost my job of 20 years. Okay, think about that. You become so used to something that has happened over 20 years that might have been quite a change, especially since they didn't quit their job. They lost their job of 20 years. Said, I oversaw, I, I over, I oversaw nearly 20 people. I'm sorry, let me read it again. Lost their job of, fit, of 20 years, but they were the overseer of nearly 50 people on a daily basis. That means to me, they were the boss. Now my, oh, now my phone doesn't ring anymore. No one is asking me for help. I feel worthless. I don't feel like I matter anymore. And people's actions seem to be confirming that. Please help. Okay. So here's the thing. I'm the kind of person, I'm not a therapist, not a psychiatrist, not a psychologist. I am a person who reads and speaks the word of God. So here's my word of God that I would say for myself, if I were in this situation. Now you have to remember, I've worked at my job for many, many, many years. So I'm not in a position over 50 people and a job after 20 years of losing my job. So how would you think that I could be possibly qualified to address this? I'm not, not in the psychological type of way that someone could handle it, but I'll tell you what I can do. I'll tell you what I can say. I can say the word of God. I can speak the word of God. I have this thing that I say on a repeated, regular basis. And if you've listened to this podcast, you've heard me. The Bible is not situational. Well, if you hadn't lost your job, the Bible would have worked. Well, if you hadn't been over 50 people, if you'd been over 100 people, the Bible would have worked better. No, 
I speak the word of God based on the word of God that Jesus himself spoke. And Jesus said, I've only come to do the will of the father. I say what he sent me to say. I do what he sent me to do. So my way of saying is based on the word of God. What would I feel like? Well, me personally, where he said, I feel so worthless. If that had happened to me, my brain, the way I operate could be very easily, um, tilted in the direction of now I feel worthless. I have no value. Gee, why do you think I wrote a book called discover your true worth, your, your true worth, your true value. You see your true worth of what I was just talking about is not based on your job. That's situational. It's not based on how much money you make or no longer make That's situational. It's not based on how many times your telephone rings. Sometimes my phone rings, especially in the middle of the night, because we deal with a lot of people, a lot of things Richard does is overseas, so they forget the time change. But my phone, whether it rings or doesn't ring, is situational. It has nothing to do with the love of God. God made me in his image, and he created the thought of who I am and sent Jesus to the cross more than 2,000 years ago, long before we had cell phones. The truth is, I don't feel. I'm going to pull on that word feel. There are days I don't feel like I want to do a podcast. <laughs> there are days I don't feel like I want to go walk in the rain or go drive outside or, or you know, there are days I feel like I'd rather eat pizza than something that's not pizza. <laughs> that's situational. And that's how I feel. But the truth of the word of God is the love of God does not change. Nothing pizza included, can ever separate you from the love of God, job or no job. And when you discover your true worth, according to 39 stripes, when you discover your true worth, according to 39 stripes that Jesus took on his back, because he loves you, people may not like you, they may not love you, they may not call you, they may. But when you discover that your true worth came with every lash, stripe, whip that Jesus took on his back for our healing and the nails that went into his hands for our salvation, for our life, not just here on this earth, because he wants us to have abundant life on this earth, but for our eternal life in heaven. When you get that, not into your head, my head changes opinions, but when you get that into your spirit, that Jesus loved you so much for God so loved the world that he sent Jesus, that whosoever, job or no job, call or no call, sin or no sin, whosoever would call on the name of the Lord would be saved. For God did not send Jesus into the world to condemn the world, but that the world, not in your own strength, but through Jesus and what he did on the cross might be saved. God loves you so much that Jesus carried at carried out that love in human flesh by going to the cross, call or no call, job or no job, authority over 50 people or not. Jesus loves you. That is not your worth. That's your true worth. And when you discover who you are in Christ, I believe the situation can fall into place, may take longer to fall into place, but I believe the situation will look differently through the eyes of the love of God. Second question, I grew up poor. No one in my family has ever achieved much, 
but, oh, people tell me I'm, but people tell me I'm valuable, but my feelings and what I know about me tell me otherwise. How do I overcome my feelings and how do I overcome history, like family history? So I'm going to go back to what I just said. When you discover, when you find out in the course of your search who you are and your true, real, and actual worth according to the word of God and the stripes on Jesus' back, you could begin to believe the word of God. I'm going to say something that I have always felt. Believing the bad stuff, believing the negative, believing the uh, harsh words is so much easier to do than believing the positive word of God. I am, I'm not extremely tall, um, just barely over five feet tall. And I come from a lot of people in my family were tall. And I always wanted to have tall kids, which I do. My husband's really tall. And to be honest with you, this may sound really strange, but I always wanted to be taller. And not because of the tall people I saw around me, but I always felt like my height, in my own opinion, was inferior to the people around me. Now, I don't know why, but as a kid, I always felt like if I were taller, taller would be more valuable. Then I know in the Bible where it says you can't even change your height, like not even, I don't know, I think it says not even a cubit or something. I can't do anything about it. And yet I focused on the lack of inches on a tape measure making my worth. I'll be honest with you. I was a really good student in school. Um, I had a lot of decent attributes. But why I focused on my height, now Richard makes a joke of it, and we always joke about it in my family. It's always funny, and it's always cute, and I always am very proud that I'm the height that I am. And it had to come from a mindset that I had to focus. You know that song, Accentuate the Positive, Eliminate the Negative? I had to see that I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. God made me this height. God made me um, to do what I can do, and then he empowered me to prosper. So, so if I have a brain, I could study. But the whole bottom line is, how in the world did I let Satan tell me that I had no worth because of a number of inches on a measuring stick? It didn't make sense to me. And the older I get, it makes even less sense to me. There are a lot of things you could criticize me over. There's a lot of things you could maybe celebrate me over. But the funny thing was, I didn't accentuate how smart I was. I would always hide that in school. I didn't accentuate. I really had nice hair. And I never accentuated nice hair. I never did. And I really had really nice hair. I mean, like, really nice hair. But for some reason, Satan does a really good job at finding something negative and accelerating it. And if he can accelerate it and accentuate it enough, he gets our focus on it. And I always say what you focus on, you'll manifest. What you focus on will manifest. I would focus on the most negative things, although I had a wonderful dad. Yes, he died when I was 12 years old. He died of cancer. But prior to that, I had a wonderful dad, a wonderful human being. I don't know why 
how tall I was. And my dad was not tall at all. And he was wonderful. And it never mattered to me. Why does Satan find something that he can accentuate to make us believe we're not valuable? This person wrote in they were poor and their family never achieved much. You know what? That's not necessarily something to rejoice about or to cry about. Right now, you have an opportunity to be you. You have an opportunity to be you. People tell you you're valuable. Okay, right there. Ding, 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 ding. That's what you focus on. Father God, I want you to show me where I have value. I want you to show me where I have value. I want you to show me where I have value. Discover your true worth. Now, I'll be honest with you. I wrote that book for women, but men read it too. But the reason I did, and you can glean that in the pages, is it took me a long time to discover my true worth. My true worth. My true value. And my true worth and my true value were in Jesus Christ. And I want to tell you, yes, we have feelings. Yeah, ask me about it. I do. Yes, we have family history. Yes, my life changed dramatically when my dad died at, when I was 12. Dramatically. Yes, the course of my life changed when I was 18 and told I would never have children. Yes, the course of my life changed when I had two miscarriages and a son that died in my arms. And I was in my early 20s and I had a surgery after surgery after surgery. Yes, the course of my life changed in a lot of ways, but I had a choice to discover my true worth, and that was in Jesus Christ. So here's my prayer for you. Whether you grew up with or without, whether you grew up tall or not so tall, whether you grew up cute or not so cute, whether you grew up with amazing hair or not so amazing, whether you grew up with a family that didn't have a lot of money or had a ton of money, Whether you grew up being valued or not valued, I want you to see the true worth. The true worth is what Jesus did on the cross. When Jesus went to the cross, everything on this planet changed. And we have a Bible right to accept it. We also have a right to not accept it. But I pray that you choose today Bible says, choose this day whom you'll serve. You may serve your history. You may serve your past. You may serve good or bad parenting. You may serve good or bad finances. You may serve good or bad health. But the Bible says, choose this day whom you'll serve. As for me and my household, we choose to serve the Lord. I want to encourage you. Choose to serve the Lord. And just watch how he can make crooked places straight. And he can make sad things become Uh, the joy of the Lord, how God can take situations and turn them for your good. I believe that. I believe as you expect a miracle, as you give it to God, I truly believe I'm one of those people with that proverbial high hope your balloon never lands type attitude that when you give it to God, he can honestly give back to you exceedingly abundantly far above anything you dare ask or think. It's my hope for you today. It's my prayer for you today that you discover your true worth who you are in Christ, and know that you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. I pray for you today from the crown of your head to the soles of your feet. 
from the crown of your head to the soles of your feet. I pray for your physical body. I pray for your soul, your mind, will, and emotions. I pray for your spirit and your relationship with God. I pray for your job. I pray for your finances. I pray for your situation. I really do pray for that, for God to bless you coming in, bless you going out, bless you as the Bible says in Deuteronomy, in the fields, in your basket. Bless everything that you do. That's empowerment to prosper in everything that you do. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, and amen. And I want you to take this Lindsay Roberts opinion with you. Take it with you today. You're worth more than you think. Bye-bye for now. Thank you so much for listening to today's podcast. To connect with Lindsay on social media, follow her on Instagram at Lindsay Roberts Official. To get a copy of Lindsay's brand new book, Discover Your True Worth, simply search Discover Your True Worth on Amazon.com. We'll see you next week.